Here we go then, guys. Ready for another episode of The Marshall View. And this time I am uh, honoured to have, you know, the privilege of chatting to Dr. Jean Jue Zhang. Did I say that right? That's the wow, first time. Wow, first time. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> yes, get in. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Um, do you just want to give yourself a slight intro just for, just for people who don't, who don't know who you are? You yeah, know, sure, um, sure. go for it. Uh, so, uh, as Dan kindly uh, introduced me, um, my name is Dr. John Shuzang, and uh, I'm a martial artist. I've been training for about 28 years. Um, I've trained in a lot of different styles, such as Kung Fu, Karate, Jiu Jitsu, Aikido, Hapkido, Arnis, and Salat, to name a few. Um, my, uh, my instructor used to teach the SAS, so I learned what I do from him. Um, so, I competed many, many moons ago um, in Kung Fu and Karate and kickboxing. Um, I also, um, well, I, I used to teach the uh, members of the public services, such as army, police, security, um, and I was also the sports psychologist to the Saudi Arabian National Taekwondo team. Wow. <laughs> and these days um, I do um, a lot more film work, so I work as an actor and a stunt performer, as well as um, fight choreographer, so it's been a lot of fun over the past few years, I must say. But uh, I would also like to thank Nick from the Aiki Budo Alliance uh, in Wolverhampton for introducing myself to you. So, uh, yeah. hi, Nick. Shout out to you. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Wow. What what an eclectic kind of CV you've got. That that's amazing. Like you've trained in so many different martial arts, and it, you seem to have so many so many fingers in 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 pies, and you know, just doing loads of stuff. It's 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 awesome. So you started training with an SAS instructor. How did this come about? Because so, usually the, the path is, oh, I'll, I'll go in to a local club that's whatever, <laughs> karate maybe, or something like that for two pad a class. And you're like, no, I'll go straight to the SAS. So um, my father was my first teacher. Um, in, and he's, uh, he was in the Taiwanese army. and uh, So he used to train as well in various different styles. So I started training under him in 1990 it was yeah um so you probably can work out my age i was five years old at the time and okay 33 yeah. this year okay. but um yeah he, so he was my first instructor and um i did two years of training with him um before he then went on like 50 mile radius search for a martial arts instructor and he went to a lot of different clubs and found um a, like a karate club where there was a guy who was teaching uh you know traditional karate and then you've got another guy who was teaching not so traditional stuff and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah so my father said well this guy is the best I've ever seen you know um, I'm going to send my two boys to train with him and uh, so for 26 years I had the same instructor um, and uh, so that's brand loyalty for you <laughs> yeah for sure yeah but no he, so he is uh, Jerome his name is he, he's fantastic like uh, never taught me the same thing twice and um you know, when I teach these days, I make sure that my students have a wide range of variety. They're able to improvise in different situations and everything. So, um, yeah, yeah um, it was a lot of armed and unarmed combat against multiple attackers or single attackers and everything. And uh, yeah, it was very intensive, very, very intensive. And to give, give it some scale, the guy was 20 stones at one point and he could move. He could really move. 
20 stone of muscle. Yeah, yeah. So and six foot three as well. So it's, okay, yeah. Mm, not a little, not a little guy then. No, God, no. no. <laughs> what did you think your dad was looking for then? If you said that he went on this 50 mile radius thing, what what things do you think he was looking for for you and a martial arts instructor? At the time, um, I thought, oh. He just wants to punish us. <laughs> he wants to punish my brother and I, you know, because doing training at home wasn't enough, obviously. So it's yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> then, um, you know, now that I'm an adult, more or less, you know, um, you know, I, I speak to my dad about this and he said, look, you know, I just wanted the best. You know, um, I could take your training so far, you know, and whilst I mean my dad still kind of trains me here and there these days well but so it never stopped but he always said to me that um you know he could take me so far but he wanted to find someone who who was better than him and um someone who could take my training to the next level keep evolving it and uh my father said you know this one instructor that he saw would be the one that would um he said you will hate him for years for sure (laughs) (laughs) but um you know, you, you, you'll um, see that actually everything he teaches, it, it's nothing but efficacy. Um, and for, for the guy to have, you know, taught the SAS and he worked in security for, I, I'd say over 30 years or so, he used to work as bodyguard and everything. You know, my dad said, you know, the range of things that he used to do and when he used to watch my instructor spar, he goes, there's no one else out, out there like him. So, um, my dad just wanted the best for us, you know, and um, he also wanted my brother and I to uh, be academically inclined as well. So we had to be balanced. It wasn't just about the fighting. We had to be good at everything else. So, um, you know, he pushed us, or both of our parents pushed us, not just martially, but academically, even spiritually, you know what I mean? It's um, So, you know, you can't be good at one thing. You need to be good at everything. And, yeah, how, um, did, how did you find that balance like the balance between obviously working out so hard and training so hard with the SAS <laughs> and then <laughs> on the other side you know being quite academic and as you said spiritual and you know. um I think the um I mean we, we kind of had a rigid schedule as, as kids you know and as far as I was aware most of the kids were doing the same at home they were doing something similar you know um though I know it's a stereotype that Asian parents are very hard on their, on their children and everything and discipline and everything. It's all true. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, it's true. Yeah. It's all true. But, you know, I, I am grateful. You know, it's, um, I think uh, it's not that I had any less fun than anyone else. I, you know, I, I still had a really decent childhood, you know. Uh, yeah. And uh, for sure, though, I think um, I'm at the age now where I can appreciate all those things, you know, um, and I think your parents push you because they just want the best for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> doesn't feel like it at the time, but uh, it's no. like when you're spending hours on the piano, for instance, it's like uh, I've come to realize that um, I was I, I was doing all of that practice for me, not for them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> was martial arts something that always resonated with you then? So even as a child, was it something you were just interested in or was there ever a point where your dad was like, you've got to go and train now? Um, it was always something that um, he pushed us to do. So it's, it's, you know, since the age of five, that's all, all I've done, you know. It's, yeah. um, so it's all I, all I knew when I was younger. You know, you do your homework, you study and everything and you um, read as much as you can and you um yeah you train you know it's uh 
So that was always instilled in, into us, into our lives as children. And um, of course, we used to watch all the movies and everything. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, obviously, like when I was younger, the career path was, well, if I'm doing all this training, I'm, I might as well, uh, you know, watch all these movies and maybe I could be there someday, someday, you know. <laughs> How did that start for you then, getting into the, into the movie scene? And so as a child, it was like... I mean, it was always my dream to be a superhero, um, you know, and if I couldn't be one in real life, I'd settle for playing one in a film. And if I couldn't play one in a film, then I'd settle for playing a villain, you know, I'm <laughs> happy with either, which, sure. which I get typecast these days. So, uh, <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so my brother found a, uh, like an, like a casting, like an open casting. And he said, look, you know, it's in London. Let's go check it out. It might be nothing, but no. Yeah. They took some photos of us and everything, and then they said, oh, we'll call you back. And uh, yeah, got the call back for an audition at Shepperton Studios. Um, okay. yeah, 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 it was huge. It was, yeah. uh, I'd never done anything like this before. That's the big one, Shepperton. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Shepperton, Pinewood, Leaves Them. Yeah, they're mm. huge. And um, it was for 47 Ronin, which is a Keanu yeah. Reeves movie. And yeah, um, yeah the, the choreography that we had to learn was great you know it was different to what I was used to because um you know obviously you need to practice con um control which so it's something that I've I've had but it's like you're aiming not to hit each other just look as if you are and um you got to play off the other guys well you're not trying to kill him you know you're trying to make each other look good and um yeah so that was uh slightly different to me so it's a bit of an adjustment but so martial arts generally splits into three categories. You've got uh, fighting, performance, and health. And um, I think at one stage or another, we do all three of those, you know. Yeah. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm just tweaking what I already do. And um, yeah. And yeah, from that point onwards, um, you know, I moved from different film set to different film set, different project to different project. Um, but I always had a full-time job during my film career and everything okay. so i've always worked um your nine to five and everything and uh just because film work isn't something that um unless you are um at a certain stage in your life for instance in your career uh film work is just as and when it kind of happens you know you might get a call every couple months so um, stability no 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 um so i mean i know i know that it's a cliche where they say it's not what you know but who you know yeah. it's also who knows you so um you know for different projects i've had the same stunt coordinator he might call me back for different projects so sure. on 47 ronin there was a guy from vincent who called me back for 24 dr strange and uh, so i worked with him a few times and uh <laughs> sure. it's good fun what's the process like then of, of filming a fight scene or what's the process like of learning choreography so you go through it step by step is it quite a quick process is it kind of jumping in with, with both feet and you push straight into the deep end or <laughs> is it built up slowly so it, it is like um if you generally have a rehearsal so you, you come in and everything and um, they teach you the moves and everything you just rehearse and rehearse and rehearse i mean i did a four month shoot where it where we rehearsed for about two weeks um before we actually um started filming yeah and when we started filming we weren't even filming that scene so um you know up until we actually got to the fight scene uh, a few weeks later we were still rehearsing that as and when we could and yeah. um 
Yeah, so it's like uh, it's it's just so that it looks like it's natural. So when you do it, um, when you do the fight scenes, it looks like this is the first time you've done this fight scene, but every move you do looks like you've practiced it a thousand times because you're a pro. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult line to tread, I suppose, like a difficult mm. balance to get. And it's also because um, stunt acting is still acting. So it's like um, when you take a hit, you still have to look as if you're taking a hit. Yeah. I know um, years ago, I think someone said to Jackie Chan, oh, you know, I know you're not scared when you do the stunts, but your character is. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have to look scared. And um, but I, I, I'm pleased to say that any stunt I ever did, I was scared for every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which no, part of your which part of your martial arts training do you think um, fit the best into the stunt work? Have you, as you said, there's the health side, the physical mm. side, the fighting side, and then the performance side. So, which element of of your martial arts, whether it's hapkido, aikido, jiu-jitsu, oh. silat, etc., which bit fit best into the performance side for you? I think oh, it's a combination of a few because it's like mm -hmm. in terms of the say the fighting side, you've got more of the you know boxing, kickboxing kind of yeah. movements. Bit of Muay Thai, you know, you might do some clinching. Um, and when you get taken down, there's a bit of judo, so you you know you need to know how to fall. And yeah. um, you need to um, and it's you know, you've got distancing as well, but it's also sometimes they want um your character might come from a different style, for instance. You, your your character might have a karate background, so yeah. it's like okay, actually, this is okay. But generally with um fight scenes, um they don't always stick to one style. It's it's um, what works for that scene, what moves right. work for that scene. Yeah. So it's like in the Born Identity, for instance, um, it's a mixture of different things. There's a lot of Filipino uh, martial arts influence there. Um, but I, th I think sometimes in films, they just pick and choose what looks best for that scene. Um, Eclectic mix, stick it in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I think um, break falling is a huge thing to... To, to know. Um, oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, coming from the guy who's just released a breakfalling course online, so you're preaching to the choir on this one. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I will need to check that out. <laughs> there you go. But um, it's like uh, when you are, um, if you're on a wire, for instance, um, it's a little harder because you can't control where it is you're falling. And um, okay. um, but you do have a, a team of people who are doing that for you. Um, but you are less in control. You just have to react to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think with uh, break falling, for sure, that's, you know, um, and it's the endurance as well. You need cardiovascular fitness, muscular endurance, and mental endurance because um, when you see it on film, one take that looks like maybe it's three, four seconds where you get slammed to the ground. One, you rehearse that for weeks, and two, <laughs> on the day you probably shot it about at least 12 times for instance wow yeah day. so um it's having the endurance of this is the first time i'm getting slammed even though it's at the end of the day yeah you're exhausted and okay let's go again like okay <laughs> just like it's take one again even though it's take 12 it's got to be just like take one absolutely yeah absolutely and with it with, after every take um the stunt coordinator might give you notes and they'll say okay that was good but <laughs> always the but <laughs> yeah so, so you, you need to take those things into account where um, um you know it's going to hurt but you know this is the this is the nature of the job you know and um you get knocked around and everything but 
you know, boys are worth it. <laughs> yeah, bumps and bruises, but it's a cool job at the end of the day. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> What's been your favourite project to work on, do you think? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, there's been quite a few. I mean, I think um, one that probably gave me most publicity was um, was Take Me Out. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a lot of fun. Um, I've done it twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, um, yeah, no, I, I, I managed to get myself a date and I flew out to the Isle of Fernandez. Um, wow, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my date, Trudy, we are still good friends to this day, which is great. Oh, um, that's great, yeah. But um, yeah, I think in terms of, uh, you know, I enjoy doing the Brit Awards as well. Um, yeah. I, um, the gentleman with Guy Ritchie, that was yeah. <clears throat> a brilliant project to work on. I was there for four days and um yeah it was people were so nice on that set super yeah. super nice and uh, yeah 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 it's like uh, i got to work with henry golding who was um super sweet you know and they were all super nice and um just it was like a big family you know what i mean it was like this, this is fantastic uh i think but my favorite film to have worked on was the host which is now available on amazon prime and yeah. um, apple tv and um, yeah, they, they treated us so, so well. I mean, they took us to the Netherlands for like a publicity event and everything. And uh, um, yeah, that was fantastic. You know, and that's another independent small crew. Everyone's a family. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I get to rough up Dougie from McFly. And, uh... <laughs> always a positive aspect. <laughs> um, I didn't tell him this, but um, as I'm dragging him, he actually broke my toe. Um, oh, really? He got his own back? Yeah, so I, got, I, I need to throw him in the car. We did it maybe about four or five takes. On the first take, he stamped on my foot by, by accident. Um, uh -huh. You know, and I'm That's what he maintains up. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the second take, he stamped in the same place. I thought, oh, oh okay. <laughs> by the fifth take, I thought, yeah, nah, something's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hmm. All good fun though, you know, it's, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, you love being on set. Yeah. It is long days, but boy, is it worth it. Have you had, um, ever had any bad experiences on set? Or has it always been quite a positive experience in terms of the family feel? And because I can um, imagine the pressure is quite a lot as well sometimes. There are projects where it's like, oh my goodness, um, these people have no idea what to do. And right, they're kind of okay. winging it. Yeah. Um, and it's I've been on a few of them and they're more independent projects the smaller ones that um, and it's like um, for sure they will be like uh, oh I said so oh um, they're telling you that it's all you know there are lines but it's not scripted and it's all improv I'm like okay um, right yeah. why are you telling me this on the day but okay or they might say something like uh, oh yeah so choreography yeah we'll just do it or on the day, I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's, it, yeah. But, you know, we need to work out safety as well, as well as the environment. Okay, I mean, at the end of the day, I think safety is the most important thing. Um, yeah. So it's like, oh, so you want me to, so this guy's going to throw me over the table onto this. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going to be very difficult to rehearse that until we start shooting it. Yeah. Um, and if it's low budget, for instance, you know, I don't think they take into account the safety. So that's something I'm always concerned about. Um, 
but there's some projects where some bigger projects uh, where I haven't had as much of a good time. It's like um, it's like not because it's it's a bad production, but because everyone's really stressing out and everything. And you need to make sure that you're always calm. You know what I mean? It's like as calm as possible. It's like uh, you know um, you, you're you're maybe ten hours into the shoot and you're getting tired. You're getting yeah. You know, it's it's just the endurance of it, and then yeah. you have to make sure that you are still easy to work with, even if it is demanding. You know, but um, for the most part, I I, I have fun. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the main thing. So you kind of mentioned that the mental aspect then of your martial arts, and then how important you think it is, and how much you know the mental aspect maybe helped you in terms of the stunt work as well, and yeah. keeping that cool, calm, collectedness. So what emphasis do you put on the mental side of, of martial arts now and how, how important do you, think, do you think that is? It is so important. It, it's, <laughs> it's essential. It's essentially like if my body is um, a car, you know, you know what I mean? It's, um, then um, my mind is the driver. The, yeah. the car is only as good as the driver, you know? Yeah. So if I'm intoxicated... Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, so generally, I always want to be of sound mind. It's like um, one of the things I always say to my, my students are, if you can control yourself, you will always have an influence over the outcome of the situation. You know, if you, you, if you can handle yourself, that is. It's like um, if, for instance, you and I have a big argument, you know, I say some unsavory things and then storm off. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, you know, damn, such and such. And, and then once I calm down, I'll be like, really wish I didn't say those things. And yeah, if, I was course, calm, yeah, yeah. if I was calm, I wouldn't have said any of those things. I wouldn't have lashed out. I wouldn't have punched the window. Yeah, and, it's the heat uh, of the moment thing, isn't it? Absolutely. So I'm like, so why could I not have been calm the whole time? You know, and I think as soon as um, as martial artists, for instance, it's not just important to control ourselves physically, but to have mental control as well. That way we don't fly off the handle. Because if you're a martial artist who flies off the handle and everything, that makes you a very dangerous person, very volatile. And that's, especially with the skills that you're equipped with, that's the last thing you want. So um, I know when people say, um, so, I, you know, in terms of like mental discipline and everything, like uh, it's so important to exhibit that kind of control because I feel that um, when I was, um, when I was younger, I, w I think maybe when I was, up until I was maybe 20 or something, I would still, ah, you know, rage out. Yeah. But I thought, actually, um, if I lose my temper now, I would diminish everything that I've worked, worked for. Everything that I've ever worked for until the, you know, it's the point I am now, um, it diminishes that as soon as I lose my temper. So I make sure that I'm always cool and calm under pressure. That's well, one so split bad decision can ruin your life, can't it? If you Absolutely. take it to an extreme, one um, bad decision, boom, done. It's, it's so true. It's like um, when I used to work the doors, for instance, yeah. um, it's, you have to not take every, everything personal. You can't take anything personal. And like, um, <clears throat> if someone says something to you and everything and makes you, oh, yeah, oh, how dare you, you know. <laughs> um, of course, the first instinct is, I could end you right now. <laughs> you really have no idea. Night up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea, you know. It, it's like... Uh, or you think um, it would feel really good to punch this guy yeah. and end it. And you know what? Instant gratification, it probably would feel really good to do it. 
Yeah. So, and then let's say I do. Then what happens is, um, realistically, the guy's probably going to press charges. Um, I'm then in and out of court in the legal battle. I'll probably get, I'll lose my license or lose whatever it is. And then this is all going to be publicized somewhere in the local newspaper. And then it's like, I've created, you know, I'll probably get a criminal record. And it's just because I, I wanted to punch the guy in the moment. So you create a permanent set of circumstances when you're temporarily angry. And it's like, um, yeah, that's the, so discipline is, is what stops you from, discipline is what gets you from where you want, where you are now to where you want to be, as opposed to what you want at the time, sure. you know, and it's, um, it's, it's that fine balance, you know, and For sure, yeah. obviously, you know, what if, if, if I'm trying to lose weight, for instance, I'm like, right, I need to stick to this diet, I need to do this, but I also really want McDonald's. <laughs> You know, and um, I think it's fine to cave every now and again, but not to the point where you're doing it all the time. So. Yeah, <laughs> everything in moderation. All that Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think with martial arts, though, you need to have complete supreme control over what it is you do. And um, that way, you know, it's like, uh, and you've got martial artists um, who, who specialize in different things. For instance, if I'm a security guard, I will specialize in restraining people actually escorting people out if it's army for instance it is very different you know yeah. i've had a few um um i'll, I'll call them ex-army yeah. um individuals who, who who are going on holiday uh <laughs> and want to learn some handy skills it's sure. like yeah. okay this holiday that they're, they're being a, their cover story is a bit weird okay but all right okay. um it's like they'll ask very specific questions and then it's like, okay, their, their motivation is go straight in and do irrevocable, irrevocable damage. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to be able to do everything from A to B and practice as much as you can in different situations. Um, should you have to go beyond what it is, you know, you know, so it's like, um, if I'm having to, um, I know a lot of jujitsu guys, for instance, like um, they're really good at control, restraints and everything, but it's like, what if the next guy comes? Um, you know, what if, you know, like uh, what if the guy you're holding down is actually a lot stronger than you because he's on something? So there are things that we need to train to be prepared to do should, you know, when all else fails. I think, you know, this is the boundary of your training. You know, it's like, okay, cool who exists outside of that boundary you know um so for competitive fighters it might be um it might be you know you're, you're used to fighting one-on-one -on -one with rules so the people who exist outside this boundary are multiple attackers with weapons and you know so i always think it's good to not only keep doing the training that you're doing but to add a few things to complement just complement your your current training now just in case that ever happens. Obviously, you want to avoid any kind of physical confrontation. Yeah. But um, I think it's always important to be open-minded to other things out there, you know. And uh, <laughs> what, what's your background? Sorry. Um, so I, I started off in Aikido. So Fantastic. yeah, so I did 20 years of Aikido, and then after that, moved into kind of the mixed martial arts side of it, bit of the combative side, bit of the self-defense, and yeah, just similar to you, I suppose, training quite a lot, and yeah. 
So I think it's great that you that you did that because um, it's like you kind of transition from one thing to, to another, mm. and, you know, with especially with the concept of mixed martial arts, you know, you yeah. take what works for you and everything. Yeah. Um, and um, to be honest, I think um, I think it's important that we. I know, I know a lot of guys, traditional guys, um, especially with traditional kung fu guys, they stick very rigid. Not I only ever do. You know, kung fu. I only do, do Chinese stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, if China had invite had invaded the entire world, then any martial art we would be learning would be kung fu. You know, so I think it's important to get over the nationality of the style and learn the benefits and the merits of all these different fighting styles. You know? Oh, for sure, definitely, yeah. So it's like um, then people will say, "Oh, so John, you're freestyle." Then I was like, "No, no, no, I'm style free. It's different. You know, it's um, yeah. yeah, I stay style free. So that way." Um, you know, I'm not bound by anything. And that's something my dad saw in my instructor when he said, oh, so he, um, he, you know, he, he's big, he's strong, you know, he's like, a, you know, he's built like a bodybuilder, but he's quick. Um, he can lock like a Korean and Japanese fighter. Yeah. He can, um, he's got knife and stick fighting skills and weapon skills like an Indonesian. Yeah. Um, his hands are very kung fu, but he's got karate background to it. His kicks, you know, there's some. He's got so such good control with it. There's some elements of taekwondo. I, I, and my dad's like, I, I don't really know what he does. But it's great. <laughs> what <laughs> are you? <laughs> yeah, just that anomaly. And it's like, um, I think it's good to have that unpredictability as well. Because um, back in ancient China, for instance, it's like um, as soon as two people start battling, you know, for whatever reason, one guy will get into a stance, and the other guy will be like. Oh, you're from this style. You're like, oh, great, <laughs> great. Now you know. But yeah. um, so I always think having that unpredictability is is important, especially in a real life situation. Um, chances are you will always have. Um, chances are you'll have the element of surprise. Um, yeah. Because I think if someone knew that I could fight back um, and fight back well, they probably wouldn't have attacked me in the first place. Um, you're a pretty I'm, big guy to be fair so, you know, <laughs> I think that's deterrent enough for me <laughs> like nah <laughs> I haven't got size on my side so I've got to learn other skills <laughs> well, but you know what I mean it's like let's say yeah. um, I mean I'm, I am generalizing but let's say um, I see you in the street I'm like yeah cool right all right come with them okay and, and you know if I knew you could wrist throw me to the ground as soon as I grabbed you or whatever you know uh, if I knew you could do that, chances are um, I misread the situation, you know, misjudged you. And I, if I knew that prior, I probably wouldn't have attacked you in the first place. So you will probably have the element of surprise. Obviously, you know, there are cases where um, that doesn't happen as well. But um, for the most part, it's like with women when they get attacked. If they, um, you know, I've had a few of my female students who did get attacked when their awareness failed them, for instance, and yeah. they still had something up their sleeve to get away unscathed. It may be a few scratches, but they got away okay. Mm -hmm. And um, but it, you know, and those guys ended up with scratches all over their faces and everything. One ended up with a broken wrist and a broken nose. I thought, well, well done. I mean, the, <laughs> my student did that to them. And I thought, oh, sure, well, yeah. well, you know. And uh, so it's like, if that guy had known that was going to happen, he probably would have wanted to pick someone else you know what i mean yeah well it's the risk versus reward thing isn't it 
Absolutely. Like, what's the risk and then what reward can I balance it out? But that's all part of the soft skills of self-defense though, training, isn't it? And obviously something that martial arts can bring in terms of bringing that confidence and even just yeah. the way you stand or having, as you said, the awareness of simple things like not running with your headphones in when it's dark at night or not putting yourself in certain situations where you're a bit like, uh, eh. it's like, no, just don't, you know, it's that's so important. But oh, who was it that said it? oh, someone I was interviewing for the book the other day said it's the uncommon common sense. And I oh. thought it was a really good way of putting it. I was like, yeah, that's a good way of, yeah, a good way of describing that, actually. It's the uncommon. That. That's really good. Yeah, stolen, <laughs> definitely quoted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've also got then a, a doctorate in um, metaphysics. I do. I also have a doctorate in leadership and coaching. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I stay very busy my, my spare time. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Um, the doctorate in metaphysics was more about the um, dealing with people, actually, and, and more about the counseling side as well as, um, you know, I, because I meditate a lot, I'm a very spiritual individual. So it made sense for me to go in that direction. Um, yeah, just for anyone who's not aware, then, could you just explain, or that's a, a question itself, but what is, yeah. <laughs> what is metaphysics? Metaphysics is the study of uh, consciousness, existence, um, um, there are metaphysicians, for instance, who will dwell, uh, delve into, say, the more supernatural side, okay. and um, which is awesome. Um, it's not that I haven't. It's, uh, <laughs> okay. a, I think, perhaps for another time. But um, interesting. Uh, yeah. With metaphysics, it's all about um, when people talk about, you know, more of the supernatural kind of stuff. They're still talking about if it's about what lies beyond. Yeah. Then I think metaphysics is just as much about the way we live our lives now than it is what is beyond. So I think it's always important to uh, to start with how it is that we live and everything, and then communication, and then we can start moving into more of the esoteric, more of the um, spiritual, more of the supernatural elements. Um, and my views on that are, you know, if supernatural, if there are super these supernatural occurrences and entities then um i wouldn't call them supernatural because they are natural because they're natural they're inherent in they inherently exist in nature yeah. um and it is just a an extension of what we were i, I think it's, it's an extension of what we already experience you know what i mean okay. so i think um that is something that i i i, I love doing it's like um you know i i do get called to haunted houses every now and again uh, it's been oh, a little okay. while. It's been yeah, a little yeah. while, but um, yeah. yeah, and for the most part, it's like um, it's you have to rule out anything seemingly rational. You know what I mean? It's like sure. for the most like a creaky part, water pipe or something. <laughs> yeah, or the yeah. dry air making the wood creak yeah. and everything, or it's like someone's got a health condition where they they lose memory. You know. Um, you know, one person might sleepwalk and do things, you know, um, someone might have a pacemaker and they live, um, they live close to the power lines or something like that. Like, yeah. and something is happening there, which is shorting out their memory. I don't know, you know, but, um, for the most part, it's less likely to be supernatural until it is, you know, um, okay. so building I used to work in, uh, this university I used to work at, it used to be a, um, mental health asylum. Uh, back in the 1800s that's the start of a horror movie right there oh yeah oh I've yeah seen I mean, <laughs> you probably started a few <laughs> during the thing is during the day it's um 
it's a nice building, you know. Yeah. Um, but we, we had contractors who would never come back because they got freaked out. <laughs> big, big, burly contractors. He, he was just like, oh, mate, no, not coming back. But it's like, um, you know, I, I, I've certainly, um, I've certainly seen things that were very unsettling there when I was working there. But it was like, like um, I'm intrigued. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, gone down the rabbit hole now. We need to explore. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, sometimes, you know, when you're walking down a corridor, when you're, when you're doing um, lates, for instance, you're walking down and, um, you know, you're locking up and it would, the corridors might seem to be longer than they would be during the day. And it's like, I'm, I'm a very rational kind of guy. I'm, yeah. um, you know, what is there at nighttime is there during the daytime and vice versa. You know, it's like, um, the, for me, the only thing that scares me is people. That's the only thing that scares me. And the action that yeah, yeah. you from people. Yeah. But um, it's like, uh, I remember locking up one night and um, there is a, um, there's an area where there's just glass offices. In, um, of course, uh, so I, I'm turning off all the lights. I can see, uh, obviously you can see your reflection in, some, in these. I don't uh, like where this is going. Mm -hmm. Freaking me out. So, okay. Um, I, you can see maybe about three or four uh, of I could see maybe three or four of my own reflections and everything, and um, there was one reflection that did not move with the rest, which was not nice at all. That was very unsettling. Sure. It's like um, I, I thought it was my eyes playing tricks on me, but um, <clears throat> the thing is, I can center myself very quickly. It's like yeah. um, in imminent danger, in imminent, you know, I can I can calm myself down very very quickly. <clears throat> so then. I was like, okay, let's test this. I waved, I waved, and one of them didn't wave back. And it's like, well, time to leave. Okay, okay. Now, now I've got the chills, you know what I mean? But it was, yeah, um, I'd be out. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. At that point, I'll test it and wave. Now I'd be out. <laughs> There'd be a dance-sized hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's um, there are, um, I, I did a, a half an hour video on, on that building. Um, I had some couple of um, paranormal investigators who, who wanted to come in and take a look at the building. And um, yeah. yeah, and uh, my, my boss at the time, he said, yeah, well, you can deal with this. I'm like, well, all right. And um, yeah, and so there's a half an hour video of us walking around the building. It is really cool. It is really, really cool. And um, yeah, it, you know, I get to talk about the history of the building as well. But yeah. for sure, um, there are some weird ongoings. But the thing is, I would never rule anything out. Never, ever rule anything out. I think... Um, if this is everything that we know, okay, if this, you know, um, then, you know, we got a room full of things that we don't know, you know. So yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so I think I, I'm, the, I'm the same. I, I'm an empirical person, so yes. I've never seen anything supernatural, so I'm mm -hmm. intend not to believe in the supernatural at the moment. But then I also agree with you that we probably only know about that amount. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's an infinitesimal amount of stuff that we don't know. So I'm also like, well, you know. I'm just Absolutely. me. Who am I? It's like, um, you know, I had to deal with a, with something in the house one time where this cat came in, hissed at thin air, and then ran away. I thought, well, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So, so yeah. you know, sometimes you, you do get that. Yeah. But I think but the dogs getting... stare at the wall, but there's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. That... What, what's going on? Hmm. So, dude. dude. Dude, don't do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Freaking me out, dog. Like, no dinner for yeah. you. <laughs> but I, I, I tell you what, it's, um, I mean, with my other um, doctorate, it was in leadership and coaching, which is yeah. all about, I specialized in conflict resolution. So um, 
I have this, um, I developed a matrix, uh, which is how to deal with people. And it's like, um, if you can deal with people when you're calm and you exhibit empathy, you're more likely to resolve a situation than yeah. if you were to deal with them aggressively with physical action. You know, it's a, uh, I mean, it's something that we all knew already on some level, but it's yeah. like, a, I wanted to test that. And um, so um, that's something that uh, a conflict resolution, for instance, is, I think should be the first line of defense. Um, and um, I think when, if that's the first line of defense, then everything else, every part of the martial arts I'm teaching, the physical side, should be when all else fails. So yeah. um, when I'm teaching, I teach a lot of um, conflict resolution first, you know, how to deal with people, how to compose yourself under pressure to begin with. Yeah. And then from that point onwards, you know, if when all else fails and you have to fight, Mm -hmm. right let's let's deal with that and i think when um like uh i've had it before where um you know you know when you talk yourself out of a situation and everything it's uh it is just sometimes it is in the tone of voice and i mean i think earlier this year um no sorry last year uh in july someone was on my doorstep threatening to kill me it's like and first thing i did was um right i looked at the guy i thought right he's on something um he's got a massive beer bottle as well because so that's not help that, that's not helping either yeah so i can smell booze and i can smell something else his eyes are off his body language is erratic you know um so okay and um i thought right uh he's everything he was saying just didn't make sense you know and uh, so i thought i probably can't quite reason with this guy you know it's um and i have to be careful also that if i if i say something that offends him he also knows where I live now. You know what yeah. I mean. So, yeah, yeah. You, you, so I, I'm always very weary of, um, you know, how I might come across on my own doorstep. You know, and because I live in Oxford, it's such a small city. Yeah. You get around. People know. Pe- people start recognizing you and everything. So it's like, um, yeah, you know, what? this is not the hill I want to die on. This is not worth it. Not worth my while. You know, and uh, and I think we have to be really smart about it as well. And like when I talk my way out of a situation, um, sometimes wor- words, it, it, it is just choice of words. It's like, if you say something like, look, dude, just find someone less likely to put you in hospital. Mm. Like, it's like, well, I probably just aggravated the situation there. Or, you know, how do you think it's going to feel picking up your teeth with broken fingers? Mm. It's like, that's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. That was a silly thing to say. And, that, and he's like, you what, you what? And then all their friends come over and like, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> so it's um, absolutely choice of words and everything. And whilst you want to appear non-threatening, you also want to give the impression, it's finding that balance of actually, I could dish it out if I really needed to, if I really, really needed to, you know. So, um, so for me, I do have that physical deterrent. Um, yeah. Whereas... Um, I mean, I don't look the most friendly when I'm walking down the street. Um, just to <laughs> leave me alone. But uh, yeah, I think um, you know when the police stopped me, for instance. Um, you know, I think during the first lockdown, because I was going out on my my evening walks just to get some fresh air, sure. and I would go at two or three in the morning just to avoid people. Yeah. Of course, police might stop you, and I never get confrontational about it. You know, for me, it's like, um, yeah, no, it's fine. Like. Um, yeah, I, I'm aware of how I look. I know it's late. I'm just avoiding people. Yeah, I know you, you stopping me isn't discrimination. It's profiling. I get it. You know, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm the easiest guy to talk to. <laughs>
Well, that's definitely half of it, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I think I could talk to you for absolutely hours and we'd, I'd love to get that's you back on. Yeah, I'd love to get you back on at some point um, and discuss all this more. But uh, for now then, what's, what's your plans for the future? So for the next year or so, when things kind of calm down slightly with the current situation and things, because obviously that's, that's limiting some things. Um, of course, yeah. So I yeah, think... when everything's back to some level of normality, whenever that may be. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Whatever that may look like. I yeah, think... So I've got a couple of films coming out. Um, mm -hmm. November, hopefully, Marvel Eternals will be out. Cool. Um, yeah. So I, I'm a stunt double in that. Uh, nice. I can't say anymore. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I also um, Nick, who I mentioned at the start of the interview, Nick yep. from the Aikido Alliance of Wolverhampton. Yes. Um, he will be hosting um, seminars with me. So I'll be teaching them uh, on weapons on the last Sunday of every month from 10 till 1 p.m um yeah from april fingers crossed Where, where's that going to be in wolverhampton in wolverhampton cool i'll yeah. try and get down to one That'd be cool. whereabouts are you based lincoln lincoln oh my goodness yeah, ah, yeah nice, nice how far away is lincoln to wolverhampton oh, oh. an hour and a half two hours maybe i'm not sure <laughs> yeah 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 it's yeah. about the same for me from oxford everything yeah. seems to be about an hour and a half or two hours away from lincoln i don't know <laughs> yeah no, but thank amazing. you so much, though. Thank you so yeah, much. For thank you on. so much for coming on. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll get you back on again at some point and we can we can have another catch up. Um, and until great. then, yeah, that's been amazing. Thank, thank you so you. much for listening again for another episode of the Marshall View. Um, make sure that you give us a like, a subscribe, etc. Um, Marshall Masters book is now out, volume one and volume two coming in spring 2021. So again, thank you so much, Dr. Thank John. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.